0: we're going to be talking, um, we're talking about our stories. If you can catch the theme from the song and the video that just played, is that we all have a story. Each and every one of us has a story of our life. And, and we're all at this point right now, because we're here right now, this very moment, all of our stories are intertwined with each other because of being here right now. Each and every one of us has a story, and whether we choose to use our story in the way that God intended it or not, we'll find we'll find fulfillment or, or um purpose in our story. You see, we're all part of a story that's going on that's been playing since the beginning of time. You see, this Bible right here is a book of stories. Throughout the pages, they're not just verses that we memorize, but are constant stories of people's lives, of people's lives that are now ever, forever playing the story of our life as we read the stories. These are stories that are meant to be read in story form and not just in verse form. It's from the beginning to the end. Genesis through Revelation is a story that has forever been written. The beginning and the end has been written. But the awesome thing is to the the story is that within these pages of this story and the parts that are still to be read and to, to come out to be seen as the end is our you and I. Our life is a story that plays into the life of the story ever the greatest story ever written. A book of compilation of stories that have been written and you and I are a part of it today. From the time that we were born to the time we die, our life has a purpose and meaning behind it and it's a story that's being written. It's an awesome and amazing thing. You know, we get to be a part of stories. We get to be a part of stories. When you fill out this card and the Thanksgiving offering and you give in that way, you're playing into the stories and helping people to, to live out their story and their life as missionaries around the world. And helping those that have, have served as pastors and missionaries enjoy retirement. It, it's helping those at, at, at schools in our community and, and mission trips around the world that are making an impact when you give in that offering. That's part of being a part of that story. When you grab an angel off the tree this weekend, the angel is a story. There's a story behind this gift that you're going to give to some child. And it's written there on the walls, of, on, the, on the paper of the, of, of the angel. When you go and pick it off the tree, you'll see that this is a, not a present from you. Well, yes, you are providing the gift. It's a present to represent the story of that parent that's incarcerated. You, when you get them, there's a note that you'll see on that angel. When you wrap the present and you stick the angel to the present, that's what you're supposed to do with it and, and bring it back. It, you'll see that there's a note that's been handwritten. It's a handwritten note from the parent that's incarcerated. Wishing that they could be there to be a part of their child's story. But they, we get to help them live that story out by giving them that gift of that. We get to be a part of someone else's story. You see, this week, we're going to be talking about the stories of our lives. You know, we've been out there. Some of us have been out there. How many of you have got all your Christmas shopping done? Wow. OK, a few of you. You're better off than me. We're trying to get everything. Cyber Monday, that's where we get it all online. You don't have to go out. You don't have to beat the crowds. all you got to do is worry about UPS showing up on time. Um, hey, but you know what, you, you, you've gone out. You've been in the crowds. You've been in the crowds, you've, you've, you've seen the people, you bump shoulders, the chaos of those great sales at Walmart and Target and all those things. And people are bumping and getting in your way, shoving, trying to get, being impatient in line, um, waiting there. Um, maybe you've gone your way to Walmart and you got cut off or whatever. Those are people that we come in contact with and each and every one of them has a story. You know, that video, I've watched that video over and over and over again this past year because it's a constant reminder that the people that I come in contact with, the people that I have come in contact with, whether, whether I give them the opportunity or not to be a part of my story, they have a story. You know, what happens is instead of getting upset with somebody that's cut me off in traffic or is going too slow down Gordon Road when I'm trying to get out the Route 3, um, it's, instead of getting upset with them, I'm realizing those people have a story. Maybe that person cut me off in traffic because they're in a rush to get to the hospital because they have a loved one that's sick. I don't know what the story is, but they have a story. When, when that person that's scanning my groceries at Food line, they have a story. They have a story that's there in their life. And they're not just there scanning their groceries. There's a story behind their life that, that's doing that. And we have the opportunity to be a part of that story, to learn about that story, to learn the people instead of just passing judgment on it. It's kind of interesting that, that um, every year around this time, we go and we buy Christmas trees. And there's Christmas tree places all over town. Well, we happen to buy it from the church, we buy from River Bend Tree Farm, which is down on uh, Route 1 um, near Cosner's Corner. And this is a group of people that have bought my tree from my home for, for many years now. And it was interesting um, that when I walked onto the lot yesterday to get my Christmas tree, that they recognized me immediately. They knew my story. I know their story. I know it's a family-run business in Sparta, North Carolina, and they've got sons that have just recently graduated and gotten married, and one now is studying at Purdue to become a vet with his wife. And their stories are part of my story in my life now. And these people that are out there all get to be, we get to be a part of their story, and they get to be a part of our story. And so today we're going to discover what it is that makes up our story, some of the things that make up our story and what we're to do with our story. See, once upon a time there was a young man, and that young man was a descendant of a man that sailed across the Atlantic in pursuits of owning land of his own. That man came across the Atlantic and settled and created a family. And from that family came a man that was born and went on to fight for our independence from England by signing up with the Massachusetts militia. This young man's descendants then journeyed west across the frontier land and eventually settled in the center of our country, known as Iowa. Those that settled in the Midwest went about doing work of ministry, being missionaries in in the Midwest and planting churches. From that line came another man and another man, which leads to today. And who would have guessed that over 100 years later, a young man would fall in line with that of his descendants and join the military, serve in his country, and then answer the call to full-time ministry. That is the backstory of my life. We all have a backstory. those stories of my ancestors, and that's why ancestry.com is so huge the stories of our, of our ancestor and our upbringings and those things, they, they enhance our story because they let us know what our, our meaning is. You know the, the, you know the, the Jewish tradition, if you were raised in a Jewish home, you learn the history of your family. You learn the backstory. You learn what the story of your life is really about and the meaning of that and where you're at and those things, and, and it's, it's part of that. To learn the backstory enhances the story of my life. To know the backstory of your family will enhance the story of your life and, and kind of give direction to what it is. I think it's really interesting for, for me to be this far down in life, to end up in ministry, to find out that my ancestors were in ministry, not even knowing that. It's exciting to learn those stories because it enhances and brings out fulfillment and more meaning to our lives. You see, each and every one of us is comprised of a story. Some stories we know about ourselves and some stories we don't know, and that's for us to discover. It's so important for us to go know our backstory, though, so that we can discover why we are the way we are, or who we are really to be, or those things. The more we know about our stories and those around us, you can start to discover exactly the role that you play in God's ultimate story from the beginning to the end. You see, Francis, who was here last weekend, and if you weren't here, Francis is a man that we, we've had a relationship with Salem Fields for the past 10 years from Nigeria. And he said one key thing that I really stood out to me in the message last week, and that was this, is that our stories, our opportunities... And where we're at in life has given us the opportunity to be the gospel in somebody else's life. Our stories are really supposed to be stories that when we focus on the relationship with God are supposed to be stories that allow people to see Jesus more clearly. See, you might be going through a tough circumstance. You might be going through a tough time. But God wants to use that so you can minister to somebody else who's going through the same thing or has gone through that before. You see, the stories of our lives, they shape the direction not only for us, but they shape the direction for others around us and for the generations to come. I, I want us to take a look at the way our story is shaped and the things that shape our stories. And the one thing that I think about that really shapes our stories and, and, um, about this is character. When you're reading a storybook, when you're reading a story, you get involved with the characters of the story. You fall in love with them. When you're watching a movie you fall in love with the characters of that movie, correct? I mean, you, you just, you, you got to cheer on Frodo when you're watching Lord of the Rings. That character, right? You just want him to get there. You know, his character. And, and all these other characters, they, 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 they come in around him, Gandalf and all these great people. Well, you know, we have characters in our lives too that play into our story. See, the great authors and the great writers and stuff have the heart for the story of life because we live out a story. That's why they write what it is. They write from their experience. They write from what their thoughts are and what's impacted their lives, and they change the characters and the plots and the themes to to make it more attractive to readers and, and those things in the movies. But really, it's ultimately because we're living out a story. The story of our life is being written out by God, and he's given us the free will to go through our story and figure out what it is we're going to do. It's kind of like this. You know, when I was a kid, it was, it was about, I read these books called Choose Your Own Adventure Books. All right, some of you may, have, may know them and, and heard of them, and you get to the end of chapter 1, and you're like, you get the choice. Do I go to chapter 2, or do I skip to page 98? Me, I hated reading, so I thought by getting to page 98, I was going to finish the book that much quicker. But the reality was this: is that the reality was is that when I got to the end of the chapter that started on page 98, I had to go back to page 20, and then it skipped all around. And the authors wrote things in such a way that I was able to still have to read the entire book. Sometimes that's the story of our lives. God's given us opportunities, and sometimes we take different directions and different shapes to get to those opportunities, but we still have to go from the beginning to the end. Of the story. And one of those things, those places that, that, that shape that story are the characters of our lives. You know, I think about it when we were growing up that one of the first things are when we come enter this world, we have characters in our lives, a mother, a father, parental figures that, that, that play into our story. They start to shape us, and they start to mold us by, by their mannerisms and the way they discipline us and the things they expect from us as children. And they, they start to shape our story in the direction who we are. And, and, and as we, we do that, they, a lot of times they're shaping us and molding us to how they think that we should be, and the story is written in that way, and, 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 they're, and they're trying to get us that direction. And then as we grow up a little bit more, we start to have more characters that get added into our life. We have the characters of friends that play a role in our life, story. We have teachers and coaches. We have girlfriends, boyfriends that shape our story. We have bullies. We have society, all which play character roles in our life story that shape us. Some of these characters are positive and some of these characters are negative. And that they start to shape out our story. Now, I'm going to do a little harm to any math teacher in here because I'll tell you what, math teachers aren't always right. Because they've got one thing wrong. Two negatives don't always make a positive. You see, the story of your life can be a story of being positive or it can be a story of being negative. It depends on what the characters you allow to be in your life. You can either allow positive characters to play a part in your story and, and do away with the negative characters and therefore your story becomes a positive story in life that will help other people have positive stories in their lives. Or, or you can put negative people in, as characters in your life and they can be negative people that play into more negative thoughts, feelings, emotions, and you just become not a positive person when you're hanging out with negative people. You become Negative. So, the mathematical equation does not work with people. With numbers, maybe so. So, we have the choice. What type of characters are we going to allow to be in our life? We're we going to allow positive characters or negative characters to surround us. You see, one key verse in the Bible that really illustrates this is, is this of, of what sharpens what either positive or negative. And it's this, Proverbs 27:17 says this. It says, in the same way that iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens the character of a friend. Are you going to be the character, are you going to have the type of friends in your lives that, are, that are, are creating a positive role in your life, or are you going to have the negative? Are you going to be the type of character in somebody else's story that's playing a positive character role or a negative character role? Those are character development things that happen in our stories that shape the story of our lives. You see, after this, this character development starts to take place, you'll all be able to write great books after this because I'm taking you right through the English lesson of writing a story. Uh, you'll, you'll be able to take the characters of your life, and this, the writers take the characters. They take the characters, and then they start putting them together, and they add those characters of Skip's life and my life. Our two characters in my story and in Skip's story, and our relationship between the two of us creates a plot and a theme that goes on throughout life. You see, as we develop characters in our lives, it starts to shape the plot and the themes behind our story. It takes us down the negative path or the positive path based on the people that we have in there, and the plot of life goes on. You see, that's the interesting thing and the cool thing about story writing is if it, if it was just this one plot in our life, that, the, or the, the book that got written, it'd be pretty boring. If the plot for the Lord of the Rings was, and I'm a Lord of the Rings fan if you haven't guessed it, is this. If it was just that Frodo got the ring and then next thing you know he's at the mountain and it's over. It'd be pretty boring. But yet there were lots of things that happened during the, that time. I mean, they made an entire three Nine hours of movie time if you want to spend that watching that. Or you can read all the books. Or really you can even go to The Hobbit now. I mean, it's crazy. You can really go far with all this. But the plots changed. The course of Frodo's adventure changed throughout the story. He set out on a quest to destroy the ring. But within that story started taking other plots and twists and the characters of other people's lives, their stories started to unfold in their lives, just like you and I. We all think that we want, as we grow up, we all have this plot plan for our life that maybe is to get through school, to move out, go to college, get away from our parents, get the right degree, find the right spouse, find the right home, get married have the right, perfect children. And that's how we anticipate the story of our lives. But within that comes so many different things, so many plots and twists happen that shape our story and who we are. I mean, some of us might work out that way, some of us, other ways of our stories being written, but there's the plots and the twists that happen. There are are incidences that happen in our life that will forever change the way that we intended for our story to be written out. That's part of the adventure of your story. It's part of the adventure. And sometimes we get scared about, holding, about sharing our story because we're afraid of what's happened in the past and the plots and those incidences that have taken place. But you know, I don't think it was God's intention for me to, to, to be born into a family that where my parents were divorced when I was five years old. But it happened an incident took place An incident took place that changed the course of my life, that moved me all over the state of Illinois through my entire childhood, who brought me to this small farming town as I finished up my high school years that I knew I could not live in this town. I had to get out. I could not be a dairy farmer, and I could not work in the Kraft Cheese fa- plant. I just knew I couldn't. So I took the choice of trying to go to a college, I went to a small school in Dubuque, Iowa, and I realized, wow, that's the wrong decision for me because I I had the wrong characters in my life. Had the wrong characters that were playing into the story of my life. So right before Christmas break, I went down to the recruiter's office, signed up for the Marine Corps, and I stayed until the end of spring semester. Again, another incident took place in my life that changed the course of my story, that took different plots, who then God then used those stories and those plot changes to bring me from California after serving the Marine Corps there to the crossroads of the Marine Corps, Quantico, Virginia. And as an infantry Marine, it's not where you want to go. It's pretty boring. But see, in that that time of being between Quantico and California and being over in Kuwait, I I sustained an injury with my back that I didn't realize was forcing me out of the Marine Corps because I intended to join the Marine Corps and stay in. That was the course and the plot that I had planned once I made that decision. This is the direction my story is gonna go. I'm gonna be able to retire and I would've been able to retire in two years. That would've been awesome. And I would've been able to retire, but God had a different plan. Something else happened. An incident took place where I injured my back. It caused me to get out of the Marine Corps after four years. God had started working on my life in, in Kuwait getting me involved with a Bible study with a chaplain, and did I not know that that incident was also playing into the story of my life that when I got to Quantico and realized that I had a calling in my life to ministry that brought me right here to Salem Fields in 2000, and now I'm standing here before you preaching. The plots of my story can forever change. They change throughout our lives, and, and, and I let God have control. That was the cool thing, is that I let God have control of my story, which brought me to where I'm at now. Plots change. Incidences happen in our lives. I can't think of a better person to kind of illustrate this than the story of Joseph. The story of Joseph in the Old Testament is a story of, of, uh, of, of a lot of characters, a lot of unexpected things happening to him, a lot of different changes with, with, within his story. It definitely wasn't the way that he had his life plotted out and planned out to, to go. You see, Jacob was... Jacob had a son named Joseph. And Joseph was the youngest of, of his sons next to... Uh, Benjamin was actually the youngest, but, but Jacob really loved Joseph. Now, Joseph had a lot of older brothers. If you have older siblings, you know how they can be to you. They can be mean. Well, Joseph, being one of the younger ones, and we all know what it's like to have younger siblings, too, then they can be a little annoying. And Joseph's had this dream, and his dream was this, that guess what? One day, you all are going to bow down to me. Well, how do you think that went over with his brothers? Not too well. Not too well. They, they, got, they got mad. They, they, got, they hated him for it. They wanted to kill him. But they knew that they couldn't have his blood on their hands, and so they'd throw him down a well. And so his characters are his father that played a role in his life. Now his brothers have had a negative impact. The characters in his life had a negative impact. threw him in a well, who then decided, well, we better get him out of there because here's this caravan of Midianites that are coming. And we can sell him to the Midianites as a slave. And so now, again, another plot change in the story of Joseph. He's now sold into slavery. And the Midianites take him into Egypt. And they sell him off to a guy named Potiphar, another character in his life. And Potiphar had favor on Joseph, liked Joseph, and, 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 and trusted Joseph with being able to do lots of things for him. Well, Potiphar's wife, another character that came into the story of Joseph, also had an eye on Joseph. She thought Joseph was pretty good looking. And she wanted Joseph. And Joseph said, No, I'm not going to. That he was he was a righteous before God and he would not allow that to take place. And so then Potiphar's wife had got upset and had falsely accused Joseph of making a pass at her. And so Potiphar had nothing no choice but to then throw him into prison. Another plot changed, and the characters continue to add into the story of Joseph. And then as he's in that prison cell, he finds favor with the, with the chief prison guard. And, and Joseph then is given responsibility to help in the jail. And then two other characters get added to the story as, as the cupbearer and the baker get thrown into prison who were working for Pharaoh. And the cupbearer, if you don't know what the cupbearer is, it was the person that took the cup for Pharaoh to drink from. And it was a very high position because it was, you were trusted because first of all, you had to take a sip of the wine or whatever you were presenting to Pharaoh before he was to drink from it because that way if you died, then he knew not to drink it. (laughs) What a role to have, right? But it was an honored position. And the cupbearer gets thrown into prison because he gets falsely accused of something trying to plot against the Pharaoh. Well, now their stories start to intertwine with Joseph's stories as they build this relationship in prison, and they start having these dreams. Well, Joseph says, I can interpret your dream for you, and he does. He tells the cupbearer what it is, and then that, that dream comes true, and he's freed, and he goes before Pharaoh and goes back and works as Pharaoh's cupbearer. And years down the road, Pharaoh starts to have these nightmares, these dreams of, of these shriveled cows and these cows that are really plump and ripe for the picking for some good old steaks. And, and, and the corn's plentiful, but then the other dreams where the corn is shriveled up. And and he's having these dreams. He doesn't know what it means. He doesn't know what it means. Cupbearer remembers the story of Joseph and what Joseph had done for him. So now his story then gets told to that of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, bring him to me so that he can interpret my dreams, and he does. And then Pharaoh then stories forever change because, because of the dream that he is having and Joseph being able to interpret it, Joseph was able to save Egypt from famine. And the Pharaoh fell in love with Joseph and put him in charge of all of Egypt. And as the famine hit the countryside, it not only affected those in Egypt, but it also affected those in Cana from the tribes of Jacob. They were starving, and they knew that they needed food, not knowing that their brother was in charge of Egypt, not even knowing that their brother was still alive. Jacob sends his his sons to Egypt to ask and beg for food. Ah, the story comes back to a twist of what Joseph's original dream was because the brothers come before Joseph, and they bow down before him begging for food. Sometimes we do have these dreams. Sometimes we do have these plans for our lives, and they're not taking, we don't get to get there from the start to the, to the end of our dream without the plot changes in our life. And we have to let God have control of those things, those incidences of our life. You know, it's those, it's those stories and those plots that change in our lives that help our story be written in a way that can help others with their story, or help them through their story. You see, incidences occur in our, our lives unexpectedly, because, and so those things cause us to stumble at times, to take our eyes off of God, but they're a part of our story, and sometimes God doesn't make those things happen to us, but allows them to happen to us, because that way we can pour our lives into him to see his blessing and his guidance through those times. Because then we can use when our circumstances, or when other people face those same circumstances, we can use our story to help others see the hope in their darkness. Think about a moment about the plot changes in your life and how your dreams have changed from childhood to where you're at now. Is the story of your life how you imagined it? Is it story of your life completely different than what you anticipated? The story of your life, though, is the story of your life. And it's a part of the story that's been written by God. One of the last things that really shapes our story is is that is to be able to identify our stories with others. To identify our story with others. You know, as, as others pour their life into our story and our stories are poured into the lives of others, it helps us to find our identity. We can find our identity. I was able to find my identity based on the stories of my ancestors. See, the real meaning of finding out the, the story behind the story of my ancestors is this. is I don't know my last name. Surprising. Well, you say it's Mueller. It's not. Because my father was adopted by his stepfather. And his biological father was adopted out of an orphanage. And so in signing the stories and the backstories of my life, I'm trying to find my identity and it's been able to find, I haven't been able to discover my last name quite yet. <laughs> Still figuring that piece out. But it led me down another path of my story of my family history that allowed me to find some identity within my story. And so their stories are enhancing my story and my story is going to enhance the generations that come and those people that I come in contact with. Your story is going to enhance other people's stories and the people that were before you Enhance your story. Jesus tells, of a, tells us of a story within a story that I absolutely love. And that story happened and took place. It took place in the pages of this Bible. Thousands and thousands of years ago. This, this story took place over 2,000 years ago in, in, in the lives of a Pharisee and a prostitute. And we're talking about it today. The stories that are in this book, the Bible. We're talking about today and it's enhancing the lives of other people today. The stories of our lives. They can enhance, We can enhance other people's lives through our stories and they can enhance our lives through their stories. And Jesus says this. He says in Luke 7, 36, 50 he says, Once a Pharisee named Simon invited Jesus to be a guest for a meal. So just picture this. Just as Jesus enters the man's home, he takes the place at the table. And a woman from the city comes rushing in. A notorious woman of ill reputation follows him in. And she has heard that Jesus will be with the Pharisees home. So she comes in and approaches him, carrying an alabaster flask of perfume and oil. She begins to cry, and she kneels down at the feet of Jesus, and her tears falling and hitting the feet of Jesus. And she's realizing that the dust is settling there, so it's making this muddy dust. She then takes her hair and wipes the feet of Jesus. And takes then that alabaster jar of perfume and pours it over his feet and oiled on them. And all this is taking place in the Pharisee, a character in this story, is thinking this. Now this guy is a fraud. Mm -hmm. That Jesus is a fraud. If he were a real prophet, he would have known this woman was a sinner. And he would never let him get near him, much less touch him or kiss him. You see, if you would allowed someone like that in that time, that day, in that culture, to come near you and touch you in that way, you were then tarnished and a sinner, and you would be disgraced. And so how dare this person who says that who he says he is, Jesus, allows this person to do that. He's just He's disgraced himself. But Jesus, knowing exactly what the Pharisee is thinking, he says, Simon, I want to tell you a story. Well, Simon says, tell me, teacher, tell me. Two men owe, owed a certain lender a lot of money. One owed 100 weeks wages, and the other owed 10 weeks wages. Both men defaulted on their loans, but the lender forgave them both. Here's the question for you. Which man will, will, will love the lender more? Which man will love the lender more? Well, Simon says, well, I guess it has to be the one that was forgiven more. And Jesus says, You've answered correctly. Now, Jesus turns to the woman that was there. And though looking at her, he's still speaking to Simon. He says, Do you see this woman here? It's kind of funny. I entered your home, and you didn't provide a basin of water so I could wash the road dust from my feet. You didn't give me a customary kiss of greeting and welcome. You didn't offer me a common courtesy of providing oil to brighten my face. But this woman has wet my feet with her own tears and washed them with her own hair. She hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in and she's applied perfumed oil at my feet. This woman has been forgiven much because she is showing much love. But the person who has shown little love shows little forgiveness and has received little forgiveness. To the woman, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Now Simon and all those other characters that are there gathered and says, who does this guy think he is that he has the audacity to claim the authority to, to forgive sins? Jesus, still looking at the woman at this time, says, your faith has liberated you. Go in peace. We can find a little bit of our identity of ourselves through this story of these other people. I want us to take a look at the characters of the story of the plot as we come to a closing today of the plot and the incidents as we can find some common identities. You see, it's easy for us to, to, I think, connect with the character of the Pharisee. Because the Pharisee is one that was passing judgment on another person without knowing the backstory and what this lady was actually doing. It's easy for us to be like the Pharisee when we look at others as they walk into our story. Whether it may be at a distance, but they're still part of our story. As they walk in and they're not dressed the way we think think they need to be dressed. Or they, they act the way that we think they need to act. We start to pass judgment on them. If they cut us off in traffic, we start judging them and thinking, wow, what a jerk. We start passing judgment on those people without knowing their story not letting them into our story. We start passing judgment. You see, the Pharisee could have let this woman into his story and received the same type of grace and kindness that was extended to this woman through Jesus. But he didn't. We tend to look at other people and we tend to think that we're better than them. You see this a lot when we were growing up. We all grew up in high school, middle school, and we start to see the little cliques of people happening, Little, little things happening here or there. What doesn't change as we become adults. We do the same thing, and we end up like the Pharisee. But Jesus was teaching us very, something very important in the story is this. He says, number one is this. We need to love others first despite their outward appearance. We need to get to know their story and love them where they're at. Allow the Holy Spirit to be the judge on their life. Allow the Holy Spirit to be the one that changes their heart or changes the way that they are because maybe we're really in the wrong We need to be grateful for the forgiveness that we have been given through the grace of God because Jesus has extended that to us. And lastly, we need to realize that we all have stories. We all have stories that can help others through their stories, and their stories can help our story. So the final thoughts are this, is we all have this common thing. We all have this common thing that we can place in our story that really ties our story together, and that's Jesus. The common character that we can all place in our story, every one of us can put into our story today or allow to have in our story today, the common character that will bind our stories together to intertwine them in such a way that carries out the purposes that God truly intended for us to live out with our stories is Jesus Christ. And it's through that relationship alone that our stories will be forever changed, and forever take a change in the plot direction of our lives from that moment that will allow us to enhance the stories of others. You see, when you allow your story to enhance the, the life of somebody else's story, you can change the world. You can be a light into the world. This week, I was thinking about it, and I was watching the news. We've all watched it, all the, the, the stuff that's, that's unfolding in Ferguson, and riots, and and hatred, are being just spat out all over the community. But yet, one story stood out to me this week and that, and that was brought to my attention, was that I looked at a Facebook story. That despite all that was going on, and maybe you've heard this story and seen it, is that there's a story that all these rioters are there with their signs, their protests, saying who's wrong and who's right. But one boy stands there in the middle of that, a sign that says free hugs free hugs he was a light in that community because as he stood there one of the officers puts down his riot shield goes over and a picture is snapped at that moment of the boy and the officer hugging he was allowed to use those two stories to enhance the lives of others, to bring hope to a place that is just hurting and lost. And our stories have the power to do that as well, if you allow God to do that. Will you let your story be a light? Will you let your story, will you put down the fear of what your story of your past may be to be a true and authentic person before somebody else? Because they may need to hear your story. They may need to know your past a little bit to see that there's hope. Be that character. Be a positive character in somebody's life. Use the plots and the stuff within your story to enhance the lives of others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord, and we give you praise for what you've done. What you've done this weekend, Lord, in the story of our lives. How, Lord, you've allowed them to be written and shaped in such a way that brings us right here today, right now before you in your presence. It's not by chance that our stories are intertwined today, Lord, that we're all here. It's by your divine intervention that we're here today. And that our stories could be forever changed and written in a way that would bring light to our world. To bring hope to the hopeless. To bring light to those that are lost and wandering in this dark world. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I've been trying to figure out what my story is. and, And I don't know which direction to go from here to there. And i tell you this, is the direction you should go first is there towards Jesus. And it's being in that relationship with Jesus. And to be in a relationship with Jesus, you simply only have to pray this simple prayer of saying, Lord, I accept your son Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and that because of the blood that was shed, your grace has covered my life. And then you simply say thank you. And when you've done that, you've brought your story into the lives of so many other stories that are around you that will help bring light to our community. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would bring us to, well, as we leave here, that we leave here with different eyes. That we leave the with different eyes as we go about doing all that goes on throughout the holidays season. That we would, this Christmas season, that we would be focused on as we see others in our path. That we would see them as people with a story. And that's somebody that we're just getting frustrated with because they're in our way from getting what we want. Open up the doors of opportunity to allow our story to interact with their story that will forever change the world. Lord, we give you praise for what you've done here today. And we give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna stand and worship this next song. And I want you to reflect and think about how God can take your story, take the dry bones of your story and bring life into them. This is this holiday season. And if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, you can come down front. Bobby will be down here. He'll hand out the bracelets. You know, this bracelet, when you get this bracelet, when you've accepted Jesus Christ and you walk through the story of what this bracelet represents, you're allowed to take this story and share it with somebody else to enhance their life. So Bobby will be down here to, to, to do that, to pray with you and to talk with you. Let us worship together in these last few moments.